This is about a year after the Lord delivered the people out of Egypt. They were in uh, this bondage, they were under kibosh, and the Lord completely delivered them out of it. Yeah. Right? The scripture tells us that they were un in bondage and it describes it such that they couldn't even raise their head to worship God. If you look at Exodus, the first four chapters of Exodus, you don't see any reference to God or Jehovah because they it's giving you this impression that the people will work so hard that they couldn't even worship God himself. And the Lord saw that and delivered them out of that. And the scripture says that the Lord said, I will deliver you out with a strong hand. You're not going to have to sneak out. I'm going to make them force you out. This is the testimony the children of Israel have. They then go out of Egypt and they end up going by way of the sea, Red Sea. And he didn't just give them a chance to overcome the army. He destroyed the army for them. And then he opened up the Red Sea. This is the testimony. We're only a year into the wilderness at this point. This is the testimony, the near testimony that the people of God have. And the very next thing we see is they run out of food. And the Lord gives them food. They don't have water and the Lord gives them water. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They have, they have manna. They say, what is it? We don't know what it is, but it's food and we eat it and it's sufficient for the day. Thank you, Lord. They even sends quail. They even get a chance to eat meat in the desert. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They don't have to hunt for it. The Lord gives it to them. This is the testimony that they have. This is the victory that they see. What else do they see? They see the cloud by day. Right? And the fire by night. Look, when you have a cloud in a desert, it's not just a cloud. It's covering now. It's sheltering you from the sun. Like he's given them everything. Everything they need to survive. And, there, and one year into this entire experience, the Lord says, okay, I'm going to get ready to put you into the land of your promise. I'm going to put you into the promised land. You don't have to, you've wandered for a year now, and you're ready to go into the land that I promised you when we were in Egypt. But these aren't just any people. These are the people who have seen the promises of God close at hand. And the question I'm asking if with you is now that you've seen the promises, you need to start to trust. Let's look at what the scripture says. Numbers 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I gave unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe, their father shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Verse 3. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were the heads of the children of Israel. Let's go down to verse 17, if you would. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it is be fat or lean, and whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage. 
That's an important instruction in amongst the instructions is be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land of the wilderness of Zin unto Rahob as men came, come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron where Ahiman and Shishay and Talmai, the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Heshkol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two, thank you Lord Jesus, bear it between two. Thank you Jesus. Yes sir. And they brought it of the pomegranates yes. and of the figs. Yes. The place was called the brook. Thank you. Yes, sir. Because of the cluster of grapes, which were the children of Israel cut down from this. Verse 25. Yes, sir. Thank you. Return from the search of the land after 40 days. Yeah, keep going, and sir. Thank you. And came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Haran and the desert and brought back word unto them and to all the, the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. <laughs> yes, sir. And they told him and said, we came into the land whether thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. That's right, it's the right land. This is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amorites dwelt in the land of the south, the yes. Kenites and the Jebusites. And the Amorites dwelt in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwelt in the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Verse 3. Yes, sir. Caleb stilled the people before Moses <laughs> and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Yes, sir. Let's keep going. But then, but, excuse me, but the people which went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger right. than we. <laughs> and they brought up an equal report out of the land, which they had searched with the children of Israel, saying, The land, though we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants of the <laughs> And all the people that we saw and were men of great stature. Right. And there we saw the giants, the son of Adam, which come of the giants. And we are in our own sight as brass. Thank you, Jesus, yes. And we were in their, we were in their sight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, thank you. So here we have this story laid out here. Moses has been told that this is the land that I promised to you. And I want you to send spies, one person from every tribe. I want you to send a representative, not just any representative. I want it to be a leader of each of the tribes. So we're going to send 12 men into this new land. And when you send the men, I want you to give them instructions to check it out. And the thing I wanted to know about the land is what the land is, whether it's fat or lean, whether there's wood or fruit. That's what I want you to tell me about the land. His instructions were clear. He didn't ask them to tell them about whether the land consumes people. <laughs> he didn't ask for that. He said, I want to know if it's fat or lean, whether it's wood, and how good the fruit. What do I need to know about the people? I need to know whether they're weak or strong. That is it. 
I don't need to know whether they are giants. I don't need to know any details other than if they are strong or weak. And he goes on, he says, I want to know about their cities. What am I up against? Any general or strategist will figure out what's going on before he goes into it. And he says, what is going on over there? Are they, do they have cities? Do they have cities with walls? Do they have strongholds? What am I up against when I go into this land? And Caleb comes back and gives a report. He gives, and he gives a good report. He tells them, yep, there's lots of people there. There's Amalekites in the south. There's about three tribes of different people in the mountains. I have Canaanites in the south and near Jordan. There's a lot of people here. Make no mistake, there's a lot of people here. But he says something else that I love. He says, we are well able to take this. He's not even saying it's gonna be easy, but we are able to do it. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about today, is that sometimes I think we let fear dominate the conversation. And we tend to forget how great our God is and we start to make big the problems that are against us. So rather than, here's the problem with making the, the problem seem big, is if our God is, sits in eternity, if our God is the one who made heaven and earth and he's on my side, by suggesting that they're bigger than me, I'm suggesting that they're bigger than him. And that's where I have a problem. I have a problem if you're going to suggest to me that your problem is greater than my God. And this is why God got so upset in chapter 14. God gets furious with them. In fact, this is the reason why, this exact chapter is the reason why the children of Israel spent 40 years in the desert. They should have been done after year one. But they're not done because they can't trust God. One thing that's about fear you'll note in the scripture, and we almost got to that in chapter 14, verse 1, it reads this. And all the congregation, when they heard this news, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept. That night, fear isn't just bad news. Fear is infectious. The fear that those 10 spies, with those 12 of them that went, Two of them gave a good report. Joshua and Caleb gave good reports about what had happened. They said, well, it's tough. There's lots of people there, but we are well able to take it. And you say, well, why did he have such confidence? These people have been moving, these people were slaves, and for a year, all they've been doing is going in circles in the desert. You could make that case. But Caleb and Joshua know one thing, that the God of, of Jacob opened up the Red Sea. Like, what are they going to do to us? Like, how can they possibly beat us when I've got that kind of God with me? You know, Egypt at that point in history is one of the greatest empires of the world knows. Comparing Egypt to Canaan, this should be pretty easy. Like, Egypt built wonderful buildings and pyramids and they had culture and they had armies and they had chariots. These folk barely have anything compared to Egypt and my God brought me out of that. Surely he can deliver me. I have to sometimes hold on to a testimony. Not that I know what's going on right now, but I know what happened to me before when I was in this situation. <laughs> The God of Jacob helped me when I was going through this. 
and I've got to assume he's going to help me when I'm going through that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But the problem now is that fear has become to infect the people of God. And now that all they can see is the problem that's in front of them and not the God that's beside them. And that's part of the problem we have. Sometimes when David was in Psalms 56, let me go back to Psalms 56 really quickly. Verse uh, 3, David says in Psalms 56, what time I am afraid. He acknowledged I'm going to be fearful. But he says when I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in thee. Look, I'm sure Caleb and, and, and Joshua knew that a fight was coming. I think Joshua and Caleb knew good and well that some people were going to be lost and some people were going to be saved. But what they did know is that if the Lord wanted them to have this land, he was going to make a way. It says, what time I, will, I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. It seems almost contradictory. He's saying, I'm afraid, but I'm going to trust, and I will not fear. <laughs> Don't worry about how it feels. <laughs> Don't worry if you've done the mathematics and say, my money doesn't even make sense to that bill. <laughs> like, I know that what the math says. <laughs> I know what statistics says, but I know what kind of God I serve. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know it's against me. <laughs> I know that they are greater than me, but no one's greater than him. If God is for us, who can be against us? Look, you know, when he, at the end of chapter 13, they were quarreling and saying that these are the sons of Anak. And this is a reference to Genesis, where the giants were in the land. The scripture tells us that the, the Lord sent a flood and wiped out these people because the evil was so destructive in the land. And they were saying, this is the children of those folk. The giants have come back. They were trying to let the people know we're not supposed to be over there. You know what was also interesting about the end of the chapter 13? This is what fear does. <laughs> they said, at the, right at the end, let me read chapter th verse 33. It says, and there we saw, there we saw giants the sons of Anak, these same folks who were in Genesis, which come of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Listen to this. They haven't spoken, they were gone as spies. They haven't spoken to anybody. They haven't got a reference to get close to somebody that's not what you were told to do. You were told to go look. And they said, when we saw them, we became grasshoppers in our own eyes. Listen to what fear has done to them. The Lord has sent them to go get their blessing. And when they saw their blessing, all they did was see how small they were. And by seeing how small they were, they, and they by, by definition made their God backing them up small too. Fear has a way of transforming the way God has told, if the Lord has said you're free, you're free. If the Lord has given you liberty, you have liberty. Don't let fear tell you now that you're no longer free. <laughs> if the Lord says you're more than a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. Don't you go back and get some of this grasshopper spirit telling you that you're now small. <laughs> 
Don't take that spirit of smallness. He's made you big. He's enlarged your territory. Walk into your destiny that the Lord has given you. Fear will have you thinking you're small when the Lord says you're big. Fear will have a vision the Lord has for you deferred 40 years because you're not listening to his blessing. I've got to trust the Lord, even when I'm afraid, even when the odds are against me, even when it logically says, I don't believe how this can happen. I've got to trust him. This is what fear does. He says, I, we thought in our own eyes, we were grasshoppers. Didn't even ask their opinion. And look at what the last part of the verse says. And so were we in their sight. <laughs> so now not only are they saying, I'm like a grasshopper, but they see me as a grasshopper. Wait a minute. Weren't you a spy? How did they see you? How do you know this? So now fear has put in them a testimony that isn't even existing. But that's what fear does. I told you last week, fear is a false prophet. It will tell you things that are not true. The Lord has given you victory and the false prophet will tell you it's a defeat. Don't you listen to fear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The Lord says, and the scripture says in verse 14, and all the congregation, chapter 14, verse 1, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. This one testimony has infected all the people. That's why we have to be careful when somebody tells us good news or somebody is in our presence, who we tell bad news to. Because some people can't take it. Some people can't take bad news. And you have to be careful how you tell even them good news sometimes. Because they will take the good news, turn themselves into grasshoppers, and say, oh, I I'm small now. No, the Lord is still with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can't take good, bad news or good news and make yourself small when God is on your side. It is an offense to him. Let's, let's keep reading. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses. Look at how fear has messed them up now. They've been following Moses for a good full years, seeing the power of God. They saw Moses stretch forth his, his rod against the Red Sea and open up. They saw Moses hit the rock. He wasn't supposed to hit the rock, but he hit the rock and water came out. They saw Moses in the presence of God. They saw, the, they saw all kinds of miracles going on. And yet now they're turning against him. Why? Because of something that they know? No, because of something that they heard, they think they heard. This is what fear does. It will take news and turn it against you. Everything now is bad news. Everything feels like a defeat. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 2, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, listen to what fear does. Would God that he, we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in the wilderness off of some news, now you're wishing death. Off of news, you're wishing you had stayed in a slave under Egypt. The same Egypt you prayed to get out of, fear now makes you think that was a better option. You had your children and your children's children under slavery and you're praying for that now because fear. This is why we cannot let fear get a hold of us. 
The antidote for fear is trusting God. I need you to just trust him, believe him. Verse three, and wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto the land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey. This doesn't sound like the word of a conqueror to me. It sounds like the word of a victim to me. And I can't adopt that spirit. Cannot, will not adopt it. They says, were it not better for us to return into Egypt? You're asking for the familiar, even though it was bad for you at the time. I don't know if you've ever seen that people in scenarios and situations where they necessarily need maybe a job and the, the boss isn't good, but you need that situation. You need to kind of go back to it. This isn't that. They've been redeemed and free. They've been broken out of the chains. And they're saying, well, put the chains back on. It wasn't so bad. The familiar is sometimes an enemy to the vision God has for you. Just because you were used to it doesn't mean it's what God's calling you to. <laughs> Just because that's what you grew up with doesn't mean that you have to go through that. God can call you to something better and brighter and bigger. And you're just because you're unfamiliar of the route, you're saying, Lord, I don't know if that's the way for me. And the Lord's saying, this is what I need you to go to show that you trust me. All these things the Lord has done for them, and they're still lacking trust. Let me keep reading here. And they said unto one another, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. Do you see what they're saying here? (laughs) Moses was selected out by God himself to go deliver them. Moses actually walks into the Egypt in front of the most powerful man on the planet and says, let my people go. (laughs) And you all walk out of there. And now you're saying, well, let's just put together some names and figure out a new leader and walk out. (laughs) Do you see how fear makes you defy logic? (laughs) Let me give you an example. When I was young, I told you all, I I was scared of dogs when I was younger. I'm really scared of dogs. At the back of our playground at school, there was a fence line where there were houses. And one of the houses had a Doberman Pinscher. He was a friendly dog, I was told, by my classmates, but I'm scared of dogs. And um, so I go, they're all, before they used to go home, the bell used to ring, and a lot of them used to go to the back fence and pat the dog before they go and go home. So I said, oh, let me go ahead and try it this one time. Let me, let me join my classmates, I'm no longer afraid. Let me go. So I went and petted the dog, but I must have petted him too aggressively. So in, in my mind, the dog bit my arm off. In my mind, my fear of mind, the dog bit my arm off. The truth is the dog just kind of, you know how dogs kind of just move their mouth to move your hand away? He moved my hand away. But in my mind, I was going home with three limbs and not the four I left out that morning with. So I ran off crying. And one of the parents got me and says, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I was looking at my arm, there was not even a mark there. The dog didn't leave a mark. But in my mind, the worst, the worst thing that he moved in a way I wasn't ready for. That was it. <laughs> that was it. My, my mind was telling me the worst case scenario. But that's what fear does. It puts things in your head that actually don't exist. It makes you run when you should be standing. 
<laughs> so now the children of Israel have decided Moses isn't good enough, let's select new captains. Let's not go with the captain that the Lord selected. Let's go with the captain that we are and our fear selected because they will make us feel comfortable with the fear we've adopted. <laughs> and that's what happens with people with fear. They seek out other people with the same fear. <laughs> they don't want to be confronted against their fear. They want to sit in their fear. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But we've got to break the stronghold of this fear. Verse 6 says, uh, verse 5, excuse me, says, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. So four people have told, have rent their clothes and, and gone before the people. You, you're going in the wrong direction right now. They understand the danger that the people are in, listening to fear rather than listening to the Lord. Verse 7, and they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceedingly good land. This is land is good. Verse 8, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. This is trust. This is the voice of trust trying to displace the voice of fear. The people have presented their fearful spirit and these four men together are coming together and showing that the trust in the Lord is going to make us overcome whatever's in that land. Verse 9, only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people, for they are bread for us. I don't think you understand, we're supposed to be eating these people. And you're talking about being a grasshopper. <laughs> you're talking about how they're giants, we are the giants. We are the consumers, we are the victors. You, you know you need people like this in your life that will speak victory into you. <laughs> when that false prophet of fear comes in, you need somebody to speak a countervailing word, a word that goes against that fearful word that says you can, you're going to make it all right. You're going to be all right. Your heart failing you. Lord, I need you to speak into the situation and give them a heart like yours. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defenses departed them. <laughs> and the Lord is with us, fear them not. <laughs> Look at what the antidote for this is. You know, sometimes we think the Lord is far off. No, he's not. <laughs> I know when you were going through your situation, when you were out of money, <laughs> when you were sick, it felt like you were alone. That's that fear kicking in. <laughs> and we're gonna speak against it. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. The Lord is with you. He is by your side. Don't allow it to overtake you. Fear cannot have the last word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me keep reading here. And the Lord said unto Mo, first, first 10, excuse me, but all the congregation, they still couldn't hear it, bade stone them with stones. 
they were so violently against going into the land. You know, part of what I think is what is happening here is they got used to the wilderness experience and didn't want to have any resistance to their life. They just wanted to keep on coasting. They knew their vision and victory needed some more work, but they could coast in the wilderness. They could go round in circles in the wilderness forever. Your vision and the Lord's plan for you is going to take you somewhere that's going to need work. It's going to ask you to take a step up rather than a step across. It's going to ask you to do something. It's going to ask you to give some stuff up. It's going to call you up to a higher place. And you're going to have to do work to get there. And there's going to be a part of you that says, you know what, I'm just comfortable right here. But I want you to get in tune with the vision that the Lord has got with you. He's calling you to something greater. Verse 11, and the Lord said unto Moses, how long? This is what the frustration of the Lord here, you see this. Um, this is a moment, a singular moment in time that I need you to, to realize that the experiment of making Israel the children of God almost failed right here. The next few verses will show you that the, the whole thing almost failed. He was, he was supposed to be the children of Israel, Jacob's children, but it was about to be Moses' children. Let me read, let me read what it says. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? <laughs> that should tell you something about your fear and listening to your fear and what it's doing to the Lord. You are literally provoking him by listening to your fear more than trusting him. <laughs> You're frustrating him by listening to your fear. And how long will it be ere they believe me? How long before they listen and believe what I'm saying? For all the signs which I have showed among them. He says, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them, which means I'll cut them off from the promise and will make of thee, he's talking to Moses, I will make of thee a great nation and mightier than they. If I want to, I can cut all those people off who are doubting and make a new promise with you and your children. It almost ended for them. <laughs> Why did it almost end? Because they cannot trust the Lord. They would rather give in to their fear than trust. That's why I gotta, I gotta hold on to the trust part of this. <laughs> because I don't wanna get cut off from a promise that is waiting for me. I'm sorry the message is gonna get tough now. I don't wanna get cut off from a promise that the Lord has given me and put in my hand because I didn't trust him and I provoked him. Verse 13, and Moses said unto the, to the Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it. This is the messianic part of Moses coming out. This is the part that the Christ plays in our lives. When we can't trust, somebody steps in and breaches and fills the gap that we can't fill. This is why we need each other. This is why we need the church. This is why we need the savior. Because when our strength fails, we need somebody to come in. <laughs> Look what Moses says. Moses thinks he's being clever because he kind of comes in and says, um, um, and Moses said unto the Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might among, from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. 
Lord, if you don't save them, <laughs> the Egyptians will think that, will tell the people of this land that you couldn't save them. <laughs> this is the one who speaks for us. This is the Christ who's speaking for us, whose sacrifice speaks for us. When our strength fails, his comes to our help. Moses isn't giving up on the people. He speaks for them and he says, Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it. In verse 14, he says, they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou art, that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if thou shalt kill all these people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them. Therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hath spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering <laughs> and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. What is Moses' prayer? Lord, don't look at us. Lord, look at your own word. You said you were long-suffering. Lord, you were the one who said you were long-suffering. And if that's the case, Lord, just let that kick in right now. Lord, yes, I know you said you'll save me, but I need you to save them. Lord, I know you said you'll save my children, but I need you to save their children. <laughs> Hear what the Lord, the prayer of prayer and this redemptive prayer is what we need for each other now. We need to pray the prayer that, Lord, now I know you said you'd save me, but while I'm others here are calling, do not pass me by, do not pass them by. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We can pray the prayer when people come up short. <laughs> we can pay a prayer into their lives. Lord, fill in the gap. Let me be long-suffering. Lord, I know they're wrong. Lord, I know they're, they're bad, but Lord, be, be mindful of them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Trust will have you believing that false prophet. Sorry, fear will have you believing that false prophet, but trust will have you believing in the Lord. Trust will have you believe in the Lord when you know that they're big, when you know that the sons of Anak, when you know there are five tribes to fight. But I'm just going to believe the Lord anyway. Fear makes you doubt and not trust. Fear makes the problem look bigger than it actually is. Fear will make you forget the vision for you in the Lord. Fear will make you retreat and make you smaller. Fear makes you turn on each other. We just found this one out. Fear makes you turn on each other. But trust in the Lord will be like Mount Zion. You'll be together. The scripture says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What is waiting? Trusting. Waiting is trusting. It's not good right now, but I'm waiting for him. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. There's no bird stronger or look more impressive than an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is what we have when we trust in the Lord. I'm encouraging you, saints. Don't give up on the vision that the Lord has for you.
don't, don't quit. Don't quit. If you're weak, we can pray together. I can pray and ask the Lord to push some long suffering in your life, in your life, but don't give up. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care how tough the enemy looks. I don't care how big the bill is. I don't care what they say the sickness is. I'm gonna trust in the Lord with all my heart. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word.